you're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny schools. Welcome back to We Are Ankeny podcast. We have special guests on today from Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial High School robotics teams. We have freshman Jada Evans, who attends Southview, freshman Eric Cleave, who also attends Southview, and senior Ryan Wolf, who attends Ankeny Centennial. Welcome, you three. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Very glad to have you here. We also have Ms. Jennifer Poole, who works at Ankeny High School as a math interventionist. She is a divided person, however, getting her undergraduate degree in mathematics at Iowa State and completing her master's in STEM education at the University of Iowa. Okay, so the the question is, okay, which which team do you root for? Oh, Iowa State. Okay, Iowa State. So we we have an Iowa State, (laughs) we have a cyclone here with us, uh, this uh, today. And so um, there are a few things that I want to talk to the four of you about today. Um, one, um, we're going to talk about what the robotics team is, uh, what competition looks like, and then the type of supports that are needed uh, in order to make this thrive in our district. And so, um, Ms. Poole, I'm going to start with you. Um, tell us about the robotics team. Uh, Yeah, the robotics team here in Ankeny is run through an organization called FIRST, and FIRST runs a lot of different robotics challenges. Uh, The one that many people are familiar with is FIRST LEGO League, um, which we also have um, at Parkview, but we run through the uh, one called FIRST Tech Challenge, where students build robots um, with real motors, real parts, real steel, everything, that have to complete certain challenges every year. So every year the challenge is different. Last year, the challenge, uh, we had to pick up small items like cubes and, and uh, spheres and, and deliver them onto different levels of different elements around the field. It's kind of hard to describe without seeing mm-hmm. it, but uh, there's different challenges involving pushing, pulling, lifting, climbing sometimes, and teams are engaged in a... Uh, two-on-two competition format. It's really fast-paced, really fun to watch. um, Each match lasts two and a half minutes, and the teams are allied with um, different partners every time. So somebody you may have as your partner in one match may be your competitor in the next match. Wow. Wow. So I I have a a very special interest in robotics. Um, I have uh, two daughters that um, are in fifth and fourth grade, and they happen to be able to participate in robotics this summer and they thoroughly enjoyed it. And so I think that's how we, we, I think you and I got connected and I just wanted to know, you know, what it, what is it that I can do in my role here in the district as superintendent to promote this, not only in our middle schools and high schools, but then what is, what might this look like during the school year, after school, during school for our elementary, uh, kid, uh, our elementary students. And so really excited that um, we have our middle school and high school students here along with you to help share what we can do to uh, promote robotics and how this is connected to uh, more than just um, working on a computer, building robots. And it's, I think there's cross-curricular connections that mm-hmm. I think our listeners are going to be really interested in. And so let's talk about the robotics team a little bit more. So what does this, the season look like? How long is it? Um, so when, when does it begin? When does it end? Do you want to answer that, Ryan? Um, yeah. So we usually get, um, oh, first, sorry, releases the, um, I think it's called the Game Overview, um, about early September. 
Um, I went to the release over at Norwalk. Um, so <laughs> I was right there when they released it over the live stream. Um, they usually begin with uh, Raytheon Technologies and Qualcomm, the two companies that... Uh, Okay, Ryan, you got to help our listeners. Yes. You, you just used two foreign foreign yeah. words to me. Raytheon and what was the other word that you Qualcomm. used? Qualcomm. So what does that mean? Um, they're the names of uh, two different companies. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. you know, yeah. I, I want to make sure our listeners knew what you were talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so they usually have um, people from both companies um, present what we're going to be doing this year and what it relates to in the professional environment. Um, yeah. So after that, um, they just go over how the game's going to be laid out, the rules. Um, they usually don't include like any, um, like strategies. Like right. they want to leave that up to us. Um, so it's pretty much, here's what your robot is going to have to do go out in the world and do it. So you get that in September. How much time do you have um, before you have to actually compete? Um, I'm still waiting for when our, our first meet is. Um, I think it's early November, so at least a good two months. Okay. And then, Ms. Poole, are there multiple meets during the course of the school year? And what does that look like? Yeah. So we, are t we take part as um, FTC Iowa. So schools all over Iowa are put into different leagues every season, and you might be in a different league from season to season. This year we are competing in the North Central League, so we're going to be traveling up to um, Grundy Center, uh, Clear Lake, and the first meet is actually October 22nd, so it's coming up pretty soon. Um, so about I'd say there's about six weeks between kickoff and when the meets really start in earnest. Okay. And then there's competitions all the way through um, late October, all through November, all through December, and then our league championship is in January. And, and so approximately how many students are on the team? We have a maximum of 15, and uh, we in at, on AHS side, we have pretty much filled our team every year. This year, actually, we had to expand to two teams, because last year um, we had a full team of 15. So then we expanded to two teams, thinking we would have two teams of eight or so students, right. and we filled both teams again. So, that's, that's a great <laughs> so it's a great to problem have. to have. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those, if you build it, they will come kind of things. And so when, when do the students meet? We meet after school, twice a week, at least on our side, uh, for, as much as we can. For how long? Hour and a half. For an hour and a half? Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, can students still join? Uh, right now, we're not able to really take in any more new members, on at, at least at AHS, because our, both our teams are full and we're looking to compete in just a couple of weeks. So it's kind of hard to onboard people uh, this late in the season. But yeah, I would encourage anyone who is listening who is thinking, oh, maybe that would be a good fit for me or my kid next year. Um, definitely start asking in, in uh, August. August and uh, early September is when we typically do our recruitment. Yeah. And we're also hoping to do some recruitment events over the summer. Eric, do you want to add something? Um, also, some people will join early in the season, and then maybe they realize it's not a good fit, or um, they want to do something else, because right. it does take up a lot. It takes up uh, two days out of the week, and you have to be available for long periods on weekends. Okay. So it does take a big commitment, and if uh, and usually early in the year, people will join, and then they may not be able to make fill that commitment 
uh, and may have to drop. So we may start the year with two full teams, but by the end, uh, it may, we may have nearly halved just because of other activities. Okay. Jada, um, how did you, you had an interesting story. And so how did you find out about ro- robotics and why did you join? Okay, so I joined robotics last year. I think it was sometime during the fall of that year. And Miss Poole had invited one of my friends, and my and my friend had gone and invited my twin sister. And I was like, huh? <laughs> so me being me, I essentially followed them to the high school. Okay. They knew I was there, of course. I'm not, I'm not stalking people. Um, <laughs> and we were, like, walking up, and Miss Poole was like, oh, Jaquela, you brought friends. And, like, and we were just like, hi. And then... <laughs> We just kind of started building, getting excited, grouping up, you know. And so what what kept you coming? Um, I really liked the idea of engineering since I have been little. Yeah. Um, the, the thing with me is I struggle to not take things apart. <laughs> so I am constantly looking at something and trying to figure out how it works, how to get it to work differently. So it tapped into that curiosity that you have. I've always liked trying to deal with the intelligence that is okay. engineering or robotics in a sense, as it's always been really, really exciting to me. Great. Eric, why did you join? Uh, I think I joined because my parent, my parents said, oh, they have a robotics club, so I just decided to come. And ever since I have been coming consistently and really enjoying it, um, I, I like, like Jada, I've really been interested in robotics. Uh, and just the, more so the building side of things. I was, I was a Lego kid growing up. Okay. I got, uh, a lot of that, I got into that kind of like putting it together, finding uh, special ways to bring it together, just t- tinkering and getting getting it to work. Okay. And so, Ryan, you're the senior in the group right now. Yes. And so, you know, what's kept you coming back over the years? Um, I, to get started, um, like I said, I just grew up um, with Legos. But really what kept me coming back was I just realized that over the course of different classes that I've been taking, like, hey, I can use this to help my team to get an advantage on in the uh, arena. Um, plus, I mean, it's it's really fun staying up late at night, just having fun with people while building a robot or just coding or just figuring out what we're going to do with our time. Yeah. And so, Ms. Poole, you know, um, our listeners uh, who hear robotics may, like, like I said earlier, just may think that we're talking about computers, coding, building uh, the robots themselves. But, you know, what are some of those other connections that make this a, wor- a worthwhile activity that you know, our, our listeners might want to consider that have children um, in our schools? Absolutely. There's so many cross-curricular um, connections besides just yeah, the obvious coding and engineering and, and building, building with parts. We also have public speaking. We have um, graphic design. We have commu- like reaching out into the community. While the robot game is kind of the most uh, visible and exciting part that people tend to kind of gravitate to, the, there's a whole other side of First Tech Challenge, which is about outreach. And mm-hmm. it's about getting out into your communities and bringing, spreading the joy of robotics like in your in your town. So we that was part of the reason we um, decided to start a First Lego League this year at Parkview was to get more younger kids involved in robotics. And we've been connected with the public library. We've been, what else did we do last year? Um, Yeah, we we went to some of the uh, elementary, I think even, did we even meet with kindergartners? Um, Yeah, it it was elementary kindergartners. 
everything below middle school, um, just talking, showing them uh, the jo- the joys of robotics and coding. Mm-hmm. And Eric, you talked about uh, people that um, do come to um, that join the teams. There's a commitment that you you're going to have to have. And so, what aspect of problem solving is involved with the coding, the building the robot, and, robot, and actually uh, accomplishing the tasks that you get um, in September? Well. Uh, mm, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> the pro- the problem solving that we ne- the problem solving skills we need to get figure out what to do. Well, it I know it, it a lot of it does come from like um, it, it's not it's not like in a class setting where right. you're just told exactly what to do and then you have to do it. It it does come a lot from th- thinking through and trying it out over and over and over again right. and having to have those creative skills. So it, creativity is a big part of it too. And so is everyone, so the, the teams that you have um, at, at, at both schools, um, are the, is the entire team working on that one project or do you split the team up or are you doing it individually? And so the, that aspect of problem solving, are you just working, working on this, project on your own or how does that look and how how do you build that into um, the work Jada okay so essentially our schools are split and I don't know what happens at Centennial because I don't go there yeah but over here at um, the south side (laughs) we have two teams and last year even when we were one team they left us to our own devices really they taught us the basics and told us what and told us what to be on target for so eventually we'd plan out the way we were to do things. We'd assign ourselves leaders for certain groups, have our little understudy type programs where someone would fall around somebody who was better at it and they'd all learn together. Okay. Like my sister and her friend did, um, they did building and Jaquela specified. Ooh, s- you said it right. Specialized. Specialized. Okay. Specialized <laughs> in servos and the moving parts of our robot instead of the stature or the structure. And so who would decide who the team leader was to assign to make those assignments? Uh, it was kind of just like a leader position, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of is just like whoever takes it up, whoever takes it up, whoever is um, uh, guiding people to where they need to go uh, and really and really like being the push the push factor of the group. Ryan, what's been your experience? Um Yeah, so um, (laughs) the way things work at Centennial is a little bit different from the south side. Um, We kind of just have a room. Um, Our leader is there. Um, He likes to chip in on a few of the things that we're thinking through. Um, But it's mostly me. Um, We have a mentor named Lexi, Um, just me and her, um, deciding what are we going to lead the team to think about? And we put the ideas that we're thinking on out onto like this metaphorical table. Right. Um, and we just let the rest of the team um, think about it, thinking the through the implications of like our competition routine before we even build the robot. And so we've talked a little bit, Ryan, you laid out uh, getting the task from, I, I believe it's the state organization with regards to the, the project that you need to work on. And so for our listeners who may have never been to a robotics uh, competition, 
Um, Ms. Poole, take us through what does that look like? Um, if I were to come and cheer our teams on, what should I expect to see from from beginning to end? Yeah, um, we typically hold our meets at various schools around the state. So you'd go in, you'd uh, probably take a seat in the gym up in the bleachers, and you would see there'd be a big uh, field set up on the on the gym floor with hard sides, and there would be all kinds of stuff laid out in the middle of it. There's an announcer, there's an MC who will be announcing the teams. Um, there'll be about 14 different teams competing uh, every time, and the matchups are random. Mm -hmm. So four teams will come up, they'll be they'll put their robots on the field, and you'll hear someone say, you know, three, two, one, and then the match starts. And it's very fast-paced. The robots at the first 30 seconds um, only move with preloaded code. So it's called the autonomous period. Okay. So that the students have to have that all ready to go before we get to the meet. Um, so 30 so, seconds. So, so forgive me. Oh, yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm of the era of Pac-Man, Centipede, mm -hmm. Galaga. And so there's no one with a joystick moving the, ro the robot around. So you, know, you said autonomous. So what does that actually, actually mean for our listeners? It means the robot moving on its own. Um, so there's code loaded into the robot ahead of time by our students that say, you know, knowing it's going to start here, it's going to move forward maybe, and it's going to maybe reach and pick up something or drop okay. something, and then it's going to turn right, and then it's going to drive forward this far, and it's going to park in this spot. Okay. Um, then after that 30 seconds, then somebody's going to pick up that controller, like what you're talking about. Oh. And it's actually like an Xbox controller um, and there our driver our driver team usually there's two drivers they're both going to pick up their controllers and for the last two minutes everything is driver controlled and so if you have two competing teams that the robot was able to do exactly what they were supposed to do how do you determine who the winner is the points are added up throughout the entire two and a half minute match okay. so during the autonomous period um, the, uh, the robots have certain goals they can do for certain amounts of points, only during that 30 seconds. Okay. And then for the rest of the match, um, the drivers will try to earn as many points as they can uh, in the two minutes they have. And then at the end, all the all the points are added up, all the penalties are accounted for, and then we find out who the winner, winner is. And so it's Eric, usually pretty exciting. <laughs> Eric, how, how do you prepare for a competition? Uh, well, first off, we do really we need to brainstorm, think of what we're going to talk about kind of like, Ryan, uh, kind of like Ryan said, um, and that, yeah, a lot, a lot of what he talked about is is what we're start, we're starting off doing. But um, usually, like for example, this year we don't have that many coders uh, compared to builders. Okay. So there's a lot of people who are new to it who are learning how to set up an uh, some autonomous code, and most likely by the time that our first event happens, they will have fully maybe had a rudimentary code. Um, but it, it does change over the over the course of the season. Mm -hmm. You may start out with just a simple uh, arm to, for grabbing things, and your code may only be to move a bit one way and move a bit another. But by the end, it may, you may be able to drop a cone into a basket and do a 360 of, during your autonomous or... And your robot may be like fully fully fledged. I mean, uh, I think uh, where you post the pictures of our of last season robot. So the pictures will probably uh, will be posted to our website. Yeah. So if you if you look at those pictures, you can see that that is the final result of a season. Um, and like that, for example, that robot, uh, there are many less wires and uh, and a lot less moving parts in the fir for the first time we went to an event. Okay, Jada, during the competition, are you able to make adjustments to the robots? So during the competition, there are times beforehand where we get all checked in and set up. 
And before we go to judging so that they can approve us for a match, we do maintenance, okay. which is usually when we bring our tools out and we check over our robot, like with Revy, our robot over there, we had constantly been checking over and making sure the edges were sanded, that he had his on and off switch right and center. He mm-hmm. could move his arm without getting stuck. None of his wires were hanging out and getting touched to anything. Right. We had to make sure that he was of the right size, extended the correct way, and did not cause any harm to anyone else if it were to come to that. And Ryan, are any adjustments made to code if necessary, or is it just adjustments to the actual robot? Yes. So um, we do do a lot (laughs) with code. Um, I know when I code a robot, I always leave um, different parameters open to be adjusted um, as we see fit. Um, Last season, we had to deal with the voltage on our battery constantly dropping, mm-hmm. um, which if you're using a time delay code, um, that will play with how far your robot would move. Um, so, yeah. So again, thinking on your feet, problem solving in the moment is is a really important aspect. And so, Miss Miss Poole, how do you prepare them for that aspect of competition um, before they actually um, get ready for that? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because uh, asking if there's coding done on the day of the competition. Because I think more wrote, more code is written the day of the competition <laughs> than at any point up to that point. Because if there's any other engineers or computer science like folks listening, they'll know like there's no time like that right before you go live. Right. Um, so yeah, we we prepare as much as we can. But I would say that first meet is really what. Um, where when my like, like for example last year, the first scrimmage we went to was really the first time I think uh, we were all kind of awake and really coalescing as a team, uh, because up till then it had been a lot of you know oh we're going to work on the arm we're going to work on the chassis we're going to build a little bit of code here or there, uh, but then the first time we actually were said okay you're up on you're up on the mat it's you and we were like ah uh, uh, the robot doesn't move yet uh, and the so arm isn't built. the arm isn't built yeah the arm is <laughs> separate from the robot we're not ready and everybody was like all hands on deck it was like oh my gosh guys they we're not ready that was crunch time that was really crunch time. <laughs> It was the crunchiest of crunch times. It was, yes. But it was good. It Sounds was, stressful. It was good chaos. <laughs> it was very productive chaos. So at the end there, like, we, we literally showed up to that scrimmage with, um, like, an H. If you can imagine, like, a letter H with yeah. four wheels on it. Yeah. That was what we had. Um, and the arm was completely separate in a box. Um, <laughs> there were some motors that some of them worked. Um, that was what we had. Okay. And so that first mat, we were like, oh my gosh. So we, everybody came together, the arm got mounted on the robot, the, the servo got programmed, everybody was like, the coders were coding as fast as they could. Yeah. And by the end of the match, meet, we were like, okay, we're ready, we finally are ready, we have a robot. <laughs> and our robot was the only one that all day that could do an autonomous task. Wow. And that was like huge. And even though there were like 10 other teams there, yeah. you know, they all stayed and watched and when our robot did that one little task and it was just driving it was very simple but everybody actually like applauded and was so happy for us that's great because that's like that cooperation um in ftc that's like a word they use a lot is cooperation and it's all about wanting everybody to be able to be there performing at their best yeah. like yeah. so you, you talk about people applauding and so forth non-competitors are are they able to watch the competitions? Yeah. Um, and so it, it's really like an athletic Yeah, just activity, a spectator sport. Spectator sport. And so... Even of a state. 
Say that again. We even have a state competition that mm-hmm. lets us go on. So you're reading my notes, Jada. That, that, that was my next question. And so outside of winning your normal uh, competitions, you no, know, what's the progression? And so is it, you no, know, Jada, is it local, state, national? What, what do these competitions look like and how do you qualify? Okay, so... We have rankings, and depending on the, on your score from, like, the first one, you'll move up a ranking. Everyone still participates, regardless, okay. up until state. And we'll, like, keep going through and trying our best and checking scores, trying to... Uh, we tried to make an alliance early with one of the other teams, which backfired on us because I chose another. But we had done a lot of outreach to other teams scoped out our grounds, making sure that everything was in correct position, what we could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And throughout the points, eventually towards state, they were, all, they were checking the rankings completely, and we were like, Sorry. oh, no, what's <laughs> happening? Did we make it? Right. And we were just, like, a couple places too low. Really? Yeah, Maybe, wow. like, one or two. And we, we had a chance, and the other team we had chosen right then to, that we could have moved on with mm-hmm. had chosen another, which was technically their enemy at that point. <laughs> and we were... Alliances are fickle in FTC. Right. <laughs> Trust no one. Um, but Centennial's team did qualify for the Super Qualifier last year, which is like the step right before state. It's kind of like the regional okay. competition. So you guys qualified, and how did you mm-hmm. qualify? Yeah, we won... Um, Oh, I think it was like second or third in an Innovate Award. Um, Our robot was the only robot that I know of um, that had tracks um, to go through different obstacles on the arena. And the judges, I think they really liked it. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, full disclosure, did you name your robots after you build them? Yes. 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 <laughs> that was a quick yes. Okay. <laughs> and so do, do you have multiple robots on the team or is it just one robot that's being prepared for a competition? Uh, commonly one robot is prepared, but we do have some backups, some things for secondary projects because you can't really have uh, your eight builders working on one robot at the same time. They're just it's not good. big enough yeah. for it. Okay. Too many, the cooks will spoil the pot. Okay. okay. So there may only be three people working on the robot so we usually have like side <laughs> projects uh, for others to work on and so at, at what stage of this process do you does your robot get a name at the beginning or at the end okay so Revy got his name what did you say what's his name we called him Revy Revy okay after Rev Robotics okay we call we um he got his name around the middle I believe somewhere it was we had considered it towards the beginning where there, I'm pretty sure I have so many photos of it we had been like <laughs> trying to name it for so long yeah and one of my favorite options was stop to miss crime <laughs> Stopped him as prime, right? Miss Prime. <laughs> Ryan? It was do- yeah, so <laughs> um, we just kind of got a name throughout the year. Um, I know is me and another kid, um, we went back and forth trying to go over names. Um, he wanted the plain Jane Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought our robot looked kind of like a dragon because we put googly eyes on the front and then mm-hmm. we had a big tape measure sticking out the back. We and put a tie on ours. Yeah, I thought it, ours looked like the dragon and the tape measure tail. Mm-hmm. Um, when you went out too far, it then make a snap. Yeah. So I just thought, name it Snapdragon. 
Okay. But so it, not not only do our, our do our robots get names, you dress them up also. So yeah. we did put quite a couple stickers, and we did event at one point have a tie on Reggie. <laughs> okay. He was a very very dressed up gentleman. So they have their own personalities, Eric, right? Yeah, they have their personalities. Yeah, okay. Um, I know when booting up our robot, it makes R two D two sound. Okay. Um, j- just the li- the little things uh, <laughs> that. The only the, the people on the team just look at and go, it's perfect. Okay. I was I was this close, so close to conning them into letting me have it have Revy say his name. Okay. <laughs> like hi, I'm Revy, <laughs> and like random stuff like that. Great, great voice, Jada. <laughs> and so let's talk about support. Um, Ms. Poole. And so uh, I think this is something that I'm very interested in and as far as developing for our district. And um, can you tell our listeners, one, how our robotics teams um, are funded and then, you know, what supports are needed not only for our middle school and high schools, but what might we do to support robotics at the elementary level? Yeah, um, currently our teams are supported entirely through grants and through sponsorships with local businesses. Um, we've gotten some support from like the, the Perky Hawk, the coffee shop here at um, AHS. Um, John Deere has been has helped us out a lot. Um, we have um, we've gotten a grant from First last year. We got a uh, equity and inclusion grant from from them for the building up the team these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do ask local businesses if they would like to be uh, a sponsor for us. We'll put them on our T-shirt and um, add their stickers to our robot if they'd like us to. Um, individual donations have been made in the past, but that's um, that's about it. Um, as far as our needs, really, space and people is usually all we need. We the kids, um, so the, like the kids have been saying, they really they do all the work. Mm-hmm. Um, finding uh, coaches is usually um, where a lot of I think the shortage is, I think, is finding people who want to run a team. Right. Um, we have, I, I haven't gotten a chance yet to mention, mention our, um, like our four mentors we have for their team. So in addition to me as the coach, we have four mentors that help our two teams here, one from John Deere, and uh, two of them are team dads. We have one who's been with the team since its inception, like 11 <laughs> years ago. Okay. And then we have another new mentor who was actually a member of the team back when she was a high school student here. Wow. So she came back. So they kind of help our, our small teams with their individual uh, learning, like builders and yeah. coders and stuff. Uh, so really, that's that's where we look for a lot of that support. Um, let's see. And so, outside of just funding support, you know, for our listeners who who have um, who are passionate about robotics, mm-hmm. um, who have loved what our students and you have shared today, how might someone give back and support our robotics teams um, across the district? Uh, attending our events is awesome. We're going to have an event here in town. Uh, the plan is to have an event here at Southview on November nineteenth. Um, we always love having that support. Um, Come check it out if you're, you know, if you're interested or at one of our outreach events. Like we, we, we were at Heritage Steam Night last year. Um, we were at the farmer's market from on occasion. Come out and say hi. Um, if, you're, if you're wanting to make a, a donation or if you have a business that would like to be a sponsor, please reach out. Uh, we would love to hear from you and talk to you more about um, a partnership. Okay. Um, they like <laughs> snacks. They really like snacks. So if you just want to donate a box of chips, that's also fine. <laughs> we we <Okay>. love that. <laughs> they, they eat a lot. I got 30, I got 30 so high school I, students. I, I already know Jada likes Starburst. So, yep. you know, for those of you out there, let's give some Jada some Starburst. And so I do have a question for uh, 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 my final question for our three students. Um, and, and this goes out to our parent listeners out there. You know, what is it that you can tell them? Why should 
um, they convince or talk to their child about considering being part of the robotics team? I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, robotics just offers a very different lessons than athletic sports, choir, just mainstream school. Um, the biggest thing is that like in school, we're given standards and rubrics that um, lay out exactly what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Robotics, yes, we are told what to do, but we are not told how to do it. Mm. Um, okay. Just realizing that you aren't going to know what to do, really, and you just come up with it on the spot. It's what um, the robotics team is probably the number one thing that's taught me. Okay. Jada. Similar to what Ryan said, one of our one of the things we pride ourselves on is the quick problem solving and digging each other out of the own holes we've dug. <laughs> because you don't, if you want to do something out in the real world, you're going to have to find an out of the out of the box thinking at some point in time. We it also looks great on a college application. Okay. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to get involved with other places, and there are constant there's constant outreach. You can make new friends. You can learn how to do things that are pretty valuable in the working world. Yeah. Um, teamwork is something you'll learn regardless if you want to. <laughs> and sharing resources becomes the ne a necessity, especially when you have two big teams like we have over here. Okay. Eric. Um, yeah, it's a great learning opportunity. Like Ryan said, it or like Jada said, it looks very good on application. Yeah. Um, and that is that is part of what why I continue to do it is be, is just for the long the long term uh, application of the of those ideas that you're going to learn because you are going to learn a lot. I mean, I started robotics not re not knowing the difference in screwdrivers, yeah. And now uh, I am I now I'm the head of my team. Okay, you don't that, even have great. to know. I still don't. Do I use them? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Ms. Poole, I have a different question for you. Okay, and yeah. so for our adult listeners um, out there uh, that may have children in our district that may not have our children, you know, why should they, uh, and our educators out there that are listening, you know, why should they get involved um, with robotics? That's a great question. I, I can think of a lot of different things. <laughs> um, the like we mentioned before, the the cross curricular applications. There's there's just so many. Like when we see you know math, uh, you know when are we ever going to use this? Well, there's all kinds of applications in um, in robotics. When kids are writing code, like they said, they talk about this problem solving, this like on the spot problem solving. Um, there's there's so many ways in which STEM like comes together in, uh, I'm trying to think of this the right way to say it, um, that the critical thinking that they go through every single day when they're trying to build this robot is really just not replicable in any other way. Um, it's, um, it's really amazing to watch. So if you've, if you've thought about it before, thinking, well, I'm not sure if that's something that, you know, I'd be into or if my kid's into, just have them try it. Like, have them take something apart, like what Jada likes to do, yeah. you know, or have them just, yeah, you know, if they like Legos, they, they probably enjoy robotics. Yeah. Um, let them, you know, let, let them take things apart. Let them build things. Let them, you know, give them a screwdriver. Let them, <laughs> <laughs> let like, them be creative. Let them be creative. Yeah. Like, um, it's, uh, what do you want to I'm trying to think of what I want to say here. I think you've said a lot. What do I want to say? <laughs> um, just send it. <laughs> just send it. Yeah. yeah. Just send it. We yeah. say that a lot. <laughs> and so um, 
very interesting conversation today. Uh, thank you, Eric. Jada, Ryan, really love talking to students. Miss Poole, thank you for everything that you're doing for, for our students. And so, um, again, thank you. Um, thank you to all of you. Um, and then to our listeners, if you've um, missed out on a few episodes, uh, visit the Ankeny School website at ankenyschools.org and go to the superintendent's page to catch up on our recent podcast episodes. Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools. 